Thank you for tuning to Wide Eyes, a podcast made to uplift and educate others about the Asian American community. My name is Katie. I'm new. And this is a new. And so in this episode, we are going to be talking about sex and love. All right, new case. So first off, starting with sex. Okay, I have two very big questions. Did you get sex education growing up? And I wanted to get your guys' perspective about sex educations received in the Asian American community. So first off, homegirl is still a virgin, and that's okay. TMI, but whatever. And in regards to like sex education while growing up, for me personally, I I remember I I think the two of you might remember this too but then for me it was like sex education happened in like elementary school of when I was in sixth grade I don't know if it was the same for you guys but for me it was when I was in sixth grade and they just explained to us about the private areas and what happens and whatnot but then they didn't really go into details about like plan b or like having safe sex you know and I feel like we should be taught about safe sex because, you know, when kids be going to middle school and high school, they start becoming curious and stuff. And I'm over here like, okay, you know, because I feel like it was like the bare minimum of like sex education being taught to me in elementary school. And I felt like there should have been more. But in regards to like internally within my Asian household, there was no education whatsoever. It was kind of like a silent discussion. But then there was no discussion to begin with. So yeah, I don't know about you guys. But for me, there wasn't really any sex education within my Asian household. It wasn't really talked about till like, like in between like my parents to me and my siblings. Cause and my siblings, we have a big generation gap and huge age gap. It wasn't really taught, if that makes any sense. And you do make sense because um, my experience similar with yours too. Like I didn't receive sex education till I was in sixth grade as well. Interestingly, I don't know how your guys' school does it, but they separated the boys and girls to different classrooms with different teachers. Like I remember I had, we had like a girl teacher. So the, the boys had a boy teacher. So that was how it was for me. And I didn't really... Honestly, I didn't know what sex was at the time. I had like an idea, but like it wasn't very thorough or detailed, but um, I didn't ask no questions. And for me, talking about like period, right? I was a late bloomer, so I didn't start it until I was in middle school. And honestly, I have no idea what just happened. All I remember was I came home and then, you know, I saw blood on my pants and I was like, what is this? So I asked my mom and she's like, oh, you're in your period. It's a girl thing. And then I was all like, oh, okay. And then all she did was she gave, she gave me a pad. And you know what she said to me? Don't get pregnant, Katie. That's all she told me. She didn't give me any like intro to what period was, what to expect. And like a period 101, all it was, don't get pregnant, Katie. And I was like, okay, I guess. But um, as you can see, I didn't receive the kind of like sex education that children should receive. Yeah, I feel like I can't speak it to all Asian families, but I feel like it's pretty like normal for us in the Asian community to not speak upon sex as much because I feel like it's seen as like I know with my family they feel it's not weird but uncomfortable I want to say it's uncomfortable because um they feel like I should know it already and I sh if I see it I should understand it but I yeah I want to use the word uncomfortable it's uncomfortable for my mom to speak it to me so she's more just like you should know Katie don't do that stuff or be safe or be cautious that's all she said to me so for my family it all ties down to 
that uncomfortableness of speaking like you should know what sex is and you should know what protection is yeah that was my experience how about you Anu very similar to both of y'all um and I think it's kind of Katie you mentioned like your parents or or guardians or just people in general they just kind of expect you to know it but it's like bro like I don't know what is going on right and so you mentioned period and I feel like as a woman like your period is is what should um what's called it's the start of needing to have sex education because once you have your period you have the very real chance of getting pregnant um and so for me I was in the restroom and I was doing my thing and then I wiped and there was blood everywhere and I was just like oh my god what is going on and so I was like mom I'm bleeding what is going on and so she came running into the room and she's just like oh this is it like oh don't worry and she just you know gave me a pad she, she she showed me how to use a pad um and then she just said like oh yeah when you're at school and it's like the pad is heavy now you just need to change it and so just do exactly what I did and just change it and so for me I was in sixth grade I think I had it really young but I was a sixth grader and blood is spewing from my vagina and it's just kind of like you just left me like just kind of threw me out there right and so for me I was very self-conscious that whole entire day because I didn't know at the t- I didn't know how to tell the difference right like is it a fool is it not full like do I need to change it do I not and so it was just kind of like really weird and so for me from my recollection I didn't have any education about what periods were um and then talking about sex education like I had nothing um the only thing that my parents taught me like I guess it was kind of sex education but not really sex education but it was just kind of like don't get pregnant and like just don't have sex until you're ready to like have kids and it was actually that was basically it that was basically it and so very straight to the point um but I think it just lacked in explaining like what is sex for me I didn't know what sex was like people said it but it wasn't until I was in like high school and stuff like that and I learned what sex was and I think the education system too which this this is this whole topic in general but I think it's really important to have sex education in school because for most traditional family like me like I didn't get any of that and so to have the school system like also not teach you like the I don't know if y'all had like um I saw the closest thing I had to sex education was in my biology not even in the sex education it was a biology course and we just saw a woman give birth that was the most sex education like I guess it was their way of saying like you know giving birth is is painful don't have kids but yeah so that that was the most of what I had as a sex education and and I think knew something of what you were saying like now you're very open about talking with your siblings and stuff like that and so for me like recently my cousin she you know she just recently had a first period and she was very she didn't know what it was she came to Okay, another short time. So I was at her house. She goes, and then do you know what a period is? And I'll go, do you know what a period is? And she goes, I don't know. I think so. And so she, I took her to another room and I was just like, what do you think a period is? Well, I, I think it's when you become a woman. And so I was just like, that is very true. That is very true is when you become a woman. But she just didn't know what the period itself was. And so she had told me that, you know, she asked her mom what it was, but her mom was saying like, oh, she's too young to know about it. And But for me, so that's where I could have kind of stepped in as a the bigger sister right because I wish I had a bigger sister to uh, a big sister to tell me what was going on right and so I kind of stepped in and I was just kind of like yeah your mom even though your mom says you're too young to know about this like I'll tell you about this because it sucked not knowing because I just from the questions that she asked me like she was very very curious oh what's a pad what's a tampon like all my friends are talking about this I have no idea what this is and so I took the initiative to just explain what a period itself was Um, but for me it was really important just to let her know like this period is you know it's a period it's normal right and I let her know I was just like yeah it's gonna come every month she goes what 
I'm gonna have this every month and I was like yeah girl you're gonna get cramps and everything she was like every month and I was like oh yeah every month and so I, I I'm digressing just a little bit talking about my cousin but I think it's really important because for me as a kid like I wish I had someone to talk about it with and not have to feel ashamed about like you know learning about what a period is learning about what sex is um just because you know it's a it's a human it's a normal human thing and it's I think it's important to just be comfortable with this topic because you know everyone's gonna go through it anyways with that said um new and kidding i was wondering what y'all feel like sex is perceived in the asian american community more specifically sex before marriage i know a lot of like i i don't know what it is but like a woman's self-worth is determined on like oh my god like her body count right and so for me, I feel like in my experience, more specifically in the Hmong community, right, there's this high value on like purity and going to a marriage and not having, I don't know, five, ten guys. Is that a lot? I, who knows? But yeah, so I was just wondering what how sex is perceived in the Asian American community. Um, because I feel like even though specifically we are talking about more of the Hmong community, but I feel like this is applicable to all Asian American communities um, just because a lot of them hold more traditional values. I can speak this for myself um, because growing up in a traditional um, Asian American household as well too, sex like, right, the topic of sex wasn't discussed a lot in my household, but I do know that like my parents were really, um, they emphasize a lot of like Katie, like, you know, you shouldn't lose your virginity to just a person you date, like you should lose it. Like they, they really care about the t- long term. Like, let's say, for example, if I just met this dude, um, they feel as if it's not important for me to lose it to that person. It's more like for them, they value me to lose it for someone that I see a future with. So that was like a really big thing that I had in mind too. And as well as it has to do with, I think I had this conversation before too with um, new back then in high school. I was very like, you know, I'm only going to lose it to my one and only person and I'm going to marry that person. That was my like perspective. Like I remember saying that clearly, like I'm only going to lose it to the one I marry because, you know, that's going to help me be pure and all that, right? Because I had that mindset going into um, even dating or just being in relationships because of how I was being race but um as I grow older like honestly like it's similar to getting a tattoo I brought this up because when before I got a tattoo I had like a lot of negative connotations or stigmas around it I thought that getting a tattoo permanent on your body it means that you're um, not pure anymore right just like maybe perhaps um, losing your virginity means you're not pure anymore but then honestly after getting a tattoo I feel like no difference like I feel the same there's nothing different about me I still feel like myself um, I think I feel more empowered, honestly, by getting myself uh, tatted because I feel even more confident within myself. So for me, I apply that to other topics as well too, or like, for example, sex, right? So that's my perspective change throughout the years as I experience more things and expose myself to um, different people and talk to, you know, you guys, because that helped me open up a lot. How about the both of you? Oh. For me, um, in regards to the sex before marriage, I personally feel like my parents did have that, like similar to both of your parents of the like traditional mindset. And my parents are much older. They're in their like 70s, right? And my siblings and I, we have a pretty huge age gap. So when my siblings would tell me like stories of their experience and how like basically when they go and get married and whatnot, you know, they'll tell me how like our parents before was very much more strict 
and they were more um, on the traditional side. But over time, like my siblings did brought it up to me because I've noticed it too of how I guess you could say that my parents are more lenient in a way of like being more like open minded I guess you could say so like they don't say like oh you can't have sex before marriage and whatnot but of course I know that now that they've gotten older and like with like some of my siblings like you know they're not they're not married but they're they're staying with their significant partner right and my parents they're not holding that against their own child as if they would have done like I don't even know like so many years ago <laughs> like I'm like I'm like trying to think because I have so many siblings so I'm trying to think like now I, I just personally feel that my parents have become more open-minded and understanding that I guess it's okay to have sex before marriage I feel like they're more open-minded I don't know if that makes sense and yeah no that that completely makes sense um and but for me more for my experience I kind of similar to yours knew like they were lenient but not really Mm -hmm, I mean for me my my parents they're more Americanized because my mom is 1.5 gen I think it comes more from my mom because I do talk to my mom more about this than I do I do my dad but they're more concerned of like they respect our decisions and what we do but I think they're more concerned about making sure that we understand what it means in terms of like like your reputation I guess I don't and I don't know I don't know how I don't know how to put this into words but yeah kind of like you know obviously there is a stigma with a higher body count and I think that's what they're trying to protect us from like to be associated with that negative stigma I think more so they're more concerned about how the community and how that's gonna affect me because even now um, more so of like marriage prospects I guess and so I think for me they're more concerned about like protecting my reputation but yeah but I think in, in the Hmong community in general and in the Asian American community I think the reason why sex is so is looked negatively upon of is just I feel like a lot of them are because we have a lot of adults who are still in the tradition whole traditional values um I think after I, I want to say our parents generation even now I think our generation too we do have a lot of individuals who hold traditional values um but I feel like as we are progressing and becoming more Americanized, it's just becoming a normal thing. I'm kind of like, at least for me, my parents always, you know, said like, hey, you want to make sure you know your partner inside and out before you get married because, you know, what if you go live with them and you don't like that they leave their socks around and then that could be a deal breaker, um, you know, because you don't like, you know, one thing leads to another and you find more things that you're like, oh, I didn't, I don't like this about them. And it can become, you know, it can ruin a relationship as small as it is. Yeah. So I just feel like my parents, they aren't too strict about like body count. I think, I think they're more concerned about how the community perceives me. And it comes more from a, not something of like wanting up to uphold their reputation, but they want to make sure like, I understand, like we're still in this time of community and how the community perceives the individual and how that can affect how your in-laws perceive you, how your, your in-laws family perceives you and and how that could be detrimental to a marriage and so more so for my sake yeah um and with that said kind of talking about like how your family is like really the start of sex education sex in general and like how you as an individual receive love and so you and katie how did your family give you love how did you receive love from your family and how does that affect the connections that you make outside of your family my immediate like reaction to love or like 
how my parents convey their love to me is in my household, we don't say I love you. And you know, like, um, I love you is like a standard way of expressing your love to um, your kids, your family, right? Anyone that you cherish. But in my household, we don't say I love you. I think um, because it's a given, I think they know that we, I, I mean, as kids, I should know that my parents love me, right? But then I mean, you're a kid. So you don't, even though you don't have that um, knowledge or you don't know that your parents love you, even though you believe they love you, but you still want to um, see some sort of uh, expression or some sort of way they show that they love you, right? So I know that for me, I received a lot of like tough love where like my parents, although they don't express it much, they, they're more of a gift giving person. Like even to this day, my mom, like she just give me stuff. She just handed to me. She doesn't even tell me the reason why she just give me stuff. So that's her like way of showing me love. I didn't receive a lot of um even like talking about love language, like words of affirmation. Like my parents don't really say, oh, Katie, like good job. Keep it up you're doing awesome they're more just like okay yeah like more like that very blunt no words of affirmation right but I know that they love me right but I didn't know that when I was younger because you're a kid so you don't know much but I I it man I'm trying to think like whoa did this affect me deeply maybe it did but um with that being said I know that I had a hard time showing love to people growing up oh man did this do me some damage sorry y'all we're going to like trauma territory here but um it did like for me I wasn't able to I feel like express my feelings as much when I was younger like it was really hard for me to like say I love you back to even my family or even to people and like I didn't really do well with skinship so like if someone like tried to hug me or like just hold my hands I'll be like like what you doing you know like it was weird for me for people touching me I know that they they you know they're showing me affection but it was hard for me to accept it because growing up I didn't receive that right so when someone does it to me I feel like oh this is like abnormal like, it's out of my comfort zone like it's different I know that I had like a hard time kind of like reciprocating that back to people like I know for example um story time like one of my friends I remember back in the day like she she was super affectionate and like she really loved hugging people but I remember like just stepping away be like oh please don't hug me like I was very like uptight about it like I didn't want no one to be in my personal space so you know I think it does tie down to the type of love that I received too but you know, this could be a whole nother topic, but now that I grow older, I'm trying to learn to be more just, um, like, even though if it's not love, just express my feelings. Like, even if it's not like saying, I love you to people, but maybe the way how I feel, like maybe if I'm upset, if I'm happy, if I'm sad, like just learn how to express that. Because when I was younger, it was really hard for me to just express my feelings. Like if I feel angry at someone, like I can't even say that, like, it was so hard for me just letting someone know that oh like you hurt my feelings like it's super hard for me to say that but now that I'm older I feel like it's much easier to say it to someone like if they did hurt me or maybe they did something wrong to me and I think it has to do with having younger siblings too because I have younger siblings so uh, with me not having that sort of love growing up I wanted to give my younger siblings a different type of love so that they know and they could do better for themselves so yeah that's me how about the both of you so for me so for the type of love that I received 
from my family or like I would like to say like my parents I feel like growing up or like my whole life (laughs) my parents always emphasize that family will always be there for one another and I do come from a big family as I am like the 10th child in my family and then for my parents especially they don't like express their love as much and then like they don't express their love like it like in talking in a affectionate way nor do they like provide gift as a way of like expressing their love right and and there is a pretty big age gap between me and my parents but I as I was as I was oh my god (laughs) as Katie was sharing her story I was like I'm going through like memory lane (laughs) as like back then as a kid I remember that for me growing up I had always like tried my hardest to like express my love to my parents by either giving them hugs or just saying I love you even though (laughs) even though they may not understand it because my parents are much older than me and despite them like not understanding what love is and how to reciprocate it back and I don't I, I don't ask for them to reciprocate it back as you know but it's just that for me like growing up in a household where I felt that I didn't really have time to be a kid I feel like I had to like grow up or mature much like faster than I expected but I just felt that how it affects my connection outside of my family is that just trying to understand how people's love language is different I guess you could say and how people express love is differently and learning that from my parents it made me realize that you know even though like it may be harder for them to express themselves it's okay for me on the other hand to try to understand where they're coming from in a sense and even though the way that they show love may be very completely different from how I understand it it's okay because we come from very big like I don't want to say like I feel like there there is a generation gap so I feel like that does play a big factor in it but it just shows that it is okay to like take your time to be open-minded and understanding that people have different ways of expressing love and just find a way in between to accommodate. I feel like it's such Maybe this is me once again thinking too much into this conversation, just like how I thought too much about Katie and her bike in the last episode. But I think for us, it's really hard to put it into words, right? At least for me, it's really hard to put into words how I feel about this topic, just because like very similar to you both. Like I didn't grow up with a lot of affection. Hugging was like, ugh. Any any form of PD was really ugh. And then, you know, words of affirmation, like... I love you or like just even really small stuff like oh I'm so proud of you or just like stuff that shows like any sort of like excitement or I don't want to say excitement but just like any form of like positive energy was really not there uh but then when as I grow older I I really can't say that that's also true too kind of like knew what you were talking about like they perceive love in different ways and so for me growing up watching American TV and seeing all these like you know mom and dads saying to the children like oh I love you and stuff like that like that's cool too but like for me now that I'm older 
I think back about like all the lectures that my parents gave me at the time I was just like why are you guys yelling at me like you guys hate me yada 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 but like it was them telling me like you can do better um what can I do to support you at least that's that's how my parents were conveying it to me more so of so they weren't really saying it directly like I love you or like I'm so proud of you it was mainly them saying like what can I do more to support you um or like what can you do more to support yourself right to 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 be better um and I think that was really their way of you know because maybe they didn't grow up with a lot of affection right because my parents are refugees and so they come from a state of survival 24 7 and so for them the type of love that they gave me it was there but I just didn't see it and so that kind of goes back to like like Katie had mentioned a little bit about love languages like you know I think that's why one of my biggest love languages now is acts of service because you know even though my parents they're very like they don't celebrate anniversaries birthdays valentine's day like none of that um and so it, it comes more from the, from the philosophy of my my dad and my parents are saying like i'm doing everything that i can every single day to make sure like our family doesn't starve or to make sure like our kids have the best opportunities that they can to pursue higher education and so these little minute that's why i'm not a very big birthday person and i'm not really big on like holidays and like thanksgiving and stuff like that because like every day is thanksgiving for us every day is a birthday for us because you know my dad at least and my my mom um they're just kind of like yeah like you know we're doing the best that we can with what we have to make sure like you know tomorrow is a better day or to make sure basically just that acts of service but doing it every single day um and so like I again like I said growing up watching tv like you don't you see acts of service but it's not really there you see more of the gift giving and stuff like that and so when I was younger I really loved gifts like that's why I'm such a big gift giver because that's how I give out love to everyone but then before uh, when I was younger I used to love receiving gifts because I was like they love me so much and and they're so you know like I'm their best friend or I'm just so happy because they're giving me gifts because that's what I saw on TV but now like again like I said as I grow older at least my values have changed a little bit where I view my parents and how they show their love for each other and it really comes from acts of service from as small as like you know waking up in the morning and making a cup of coffee for someone or for for each other or for me coming back as I mentioned this in the previous uh I think last year's episode yeah like coming home and having a warm meal on table ready for me like oh and so, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I think it, it does really affect my relationships outside of family. Oh, but I did want to ask you guys, though, like, does love like, matter in the aspect where, let's say, if you're if you're with a friend or significant other and their love language is not the same like yours, would that be deep deal breaker? Okay, I feel like there's pros and cons to it, right? Like, does your love language Speak matter? on it. And I feel like for some people, they feel like, it matters in a way where, for example, let's say that there's this affection, right? Their love language is affection. But what if their significant partner love language is gift giving? I don't know. Gift giving. And then one is like physical affection. And then, but the person that likes gift giving doesn't like like physical affection. How would that work in a way? I don't even know where I'm going with this. But yeah, no. Oh, it, I get it. But it, but in my, but I'm thinking about like, okay, like it's hard in that scenario, right? But then I feel like, despite having different love language, I feel like being in a relationship, it takes two to make it work. So those two should be open minded and be respectful of your love language. Like, even though my love language may not be physical affection, 
and my significant partner, they may be, they, their needs and wants is physical affection. That's their love language. So I think it's appropriate in a way for me to be understanding and be open-minded and learn to accept my partner's love language and display that affection to them. And it's not something that's like, it shouldn't feel like it's a job in a sense, like, oh, I should, I'm required to do this because my partner feels this way, but I don't like it, right? I feel like it should be something where you're doing it in a genuine way as if, because you actually care about this person, right? Because you're in a relationship with someone because the two of you, I don't even know. I'm not in a relationship. I don't know where I'm going you're, with this. You're doing good. I will but, add more to you. <laughs> but anyways, that's just my thought process. If it makes any sense, homegirl over here have no relationship whatsoever, but is trying to understand how a relationship works. <laughs> It does make sense. I was going to say that um, you should communicate your needs mm -hmm. with your partner. So for example, like you mentioned about gift giving or physical touch, like you should communicate like maybe if he or she is not giving you as much, um, I'm just going to say words, affirmation, like affection, like I love you or, oh, you're doing awesome. Like, and you want to hear more of that, you should communicate it to your partner and not leave them like just stranded. And then like a month later, you're, you're just so upset say you're like well you didn't say I love you so that's why I'm giving you the cold shoulder so I feel like that's like not right like you should communicate your needs right I feel like that's to a healthy relationship man like oh I'm not even in a relationship either but this makes sense but yes and I feel like there shouldn't be a lot of like I don't want to call it sacrifices I feel like um when you're in a relationship you should compromise right like um meet in the middle ground and I think that's what Anu mentioned about being in the middle ground earlier so that's my take on it yeah, I completely agree with you both. I like that you mentioned communication, Katie. And so I was very curious about this just because it was like, I feel like maybe not, maybe not leaving love languages, love language matter. I think the whole thing about this was communication. Because for me, originally, I was gonna be like, oh, hell yeah, love language matters, right? Like, if he doesn't have the same love languages as me, like, I'm not gonna go, I, I wouldn't necessarily say like, it's a deal breaker. Like, like a deal breaker for me, it's like cheating in a relationship is like, I don't know, um, I can't with that. But like love language is, it's not as polar, like it's not as extreme, there you go. It's not as extreme as like cheating, but it's still like very important because it's a day-to-day -day thing, right? And so like if my love language, well, it's not if my love language, my love language is act of service, but another high one is uh, physical touch, right? And so if my partner doesn't like physical touch. I think it can build up to um, be something that can be a problem in a relationship, <laughs> my non-existent relationship, right? <laughs> I think all of our non-existent relationship. But yeah, so for me, it's, I think it's important to, to have communication, like you said, Katie, that was new said too. Um, it takes two to make a relationship work, right? Make it or break it, right? And so it takes two people to do that. And so it's important to like communicate what your love language is. That way, you know, you're validating your partner's experiences and how their feelings and what their feelings are. Yeah, I think I think love language doesn't necessarily matter now. 
than I think about it. But I think what really does matter is making sure you're communicating with one another to make sure that your feelings are being conveyed and their feelings are being received to make sure that it's a solid relationship. And so with that said, this wraps up our conversation for the month of February. We can't wait to chat with you all in the next episode. Feel free to check us out on Instagram at Wide Eyes Podcast. Thank you.